0: Hello and welcome to the Strength to Be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright Mark Antony Rossi. In our fourth year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. Hi folks and welcome back to MindSpeak, this is your host Mark Anthony Rossi, episode 235, Life Beyond Earth. Yes, we're going to be finally going to that topic where the possibility of life beyond earth remains uh, a talked about subject for I know my entire lifetime and hundreds and possibly even thousands this year before. Now we're going to do an introduction to this subject and then we'll go on to the three different sections, the possible contact in the past, uh, the possible present contact, and what would contact actually mean. Now, I found it in many ways very amusing that since my childhood to now, uh, being an older and adult, that there's really been a shift. And society's viewpoint on this, and even in some of the political uh, organizations that are out there. I remember when when NASA uh, wouldn't touch anything alien, even if it was a plant or something. No, it's not possible. We don't think so. Blah blah blah. We're only about science. Now NASA will want to stamp alien on anything possible because I think more than anything else is this helps their their, their funding. I mean, so now they're talking about meteorites, maybe has, uh, you know, ancient uh, microscopic uh, uh, particles of biological life forms from Mars. Um, they're resurrecting the 1976 uh, Viking experiments, the, the first uh, landers we sent to Mars, where that scientist had believed that he detected some uh, ancient forms of uh, biological life, but they discounted it as... Uh, possibly is his specimen was compromised in some fashion. And the guy wound up dying, still believing that he found something, but, you know, they just hounded him to know it's not there. Now they're talking about maybe there could be plants on Mars by the lunar uh, ice caps. And you think about it. Even if there are plants on on Mars what was really what's really the point What were they really doing hmm are they able to do what plants do here on on earth which is taking oxygen and then exhale carbon dioxide because that's what they do here is it a different process there how many can there be what's the point of their life cycle I mean is they affecting the planet at all in any way These are a lot of questions that we have about that, if there's really anything there at all. I mean, obviously, it would be incredible find just because we naturally want to make all the various um, chemical and and geological and even evolutionary comparisons to see if something else could be out there. I leave my open mind to it. I mean, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of anything being found presently. I think uh, if anything we might find when we do some more digging around, possibly uh, uh, proof of some plants and that sort of thing being there and millions of years ago because we knew that there was an ocean millions of years ago there. So it's it's not really an, you know um, a stretch to think that. But stuff right now, I don't know. I mean, they talk about... You know, Titan and Io, uh, moons on uh, Jupiter that, you know, they believe they have, uh, you know, uh, oceans. Uh, some of them uh, partially only frozen. Maybe there could be life there. Yeah, well, what if there is life there? What is what is it really doing? It, it can't go to the surface because it's like 300 below the zero <laughs> outside of that. So it's not going to be able to live. So what is it supposed to just swim around some frozen ocean? Doing what? So, if you think about some of this, the logical, you know, extensions of this, a lot of that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. To, that we're going to actually find something. So, to me, I'm, I'm skeptical about that as well. I mean, I'll leave the possibility open, but you know, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now, the biggest subject on the possibility of life beyond Earth has always been revolved around extraterrestrials. Other creatures out there beyond us, flying around in space, living on other planets, coming to visit us, and etc., etc. We hear about that all the time, and it's taken more seriously now than ever before. Possibly because, you know, more people are seeing more things. They have cameras, they have video equipment, they have measuring stuff. They got lots of things they can use to help document this more than ever before. It's not like the 1960s where you know. Let me, let me get my uh, my ancient Polaroid camera to snap this thing and it's already gone, you know? Or you snap it and it's just a, a blurry mess. I don't know, was that a flying mushroom? Was that a freaking cloud? Who the hell knows? Now, I mean, not so easy. You can get all kinds of information. That's part of it. That technology allows us to see and detect things more than ever before. Another part of it is people are just becoming less afraid to talk about it. There was a point, even up until the 1980s, the airline pilots would see things and they just didn't want to report it because they didn't want someone calling them a cuckoo bird and then grounding them because, you know, that's how they support their family, flying a plane. So it's kind of hard to do that when, you know, you tell them that you saw a a spacecraft next to your plane and they're like, yeah, I want you flying uh, 300 people around the world. We think you're crazy. So you got a lot of people that, that held back. Now, not anymore. We had Just a few years ago, we had Navy pilots that used their uh, camera guns to be able to literally document flying objects, uh, flying at in incredible speeds. And the Pentagon not able to explain anything. We don't know what that was. I don't know. I think just on national security reasons, you'd want to find out. You know? But between the attitudes of people in general now, who have switched their views uh the technology we have just an average person has beyond this you know special cameras and planes and all of that you know and of course to a certain extent you know you have the hollywood and all the science fiction pictures and books and everything you know that also kind of gives people uh more of a hope that something else can be out there although you know, the stuff that they do in science fiction, to me, we're never really going to find that in real life. You know, I doubt that there's 10,000 different species out there all at war with each other, doing all kinds of weird transporter-beaming things and all that. I doubt it. It wouldn't surprise me that if we ever did meet aliens, they probably don't even have weapons. <laughs> it wouldn't be surprised surprise don't have anything on like it at all. In fact, we're probably more likely to shoot them than they are to shoot us. You know, but we'll talk a little bit about that in our own... Uh, uh, bigoted attitudes about things in general. Now, and that, that that's it for the introduction of this. So let's go on to the first section. First section is the possibility that we might have had contact with extraterrestrials in the past. Now we we got um we got a Hindu manuscript that literally shows uh, somebody on a, on a flying saucer flying through the air. Oh, Mark, that could be a imaginative drawing from some religious person, yeah? Or that could simply be telling something they saw. That could be their version of a UFO sighting. And I, I keep I keep my mind open to both. I, I, I'm not really one, somebody that's going to just shout at some naysayer. I don't believe in aliens and UFOs, Mark. And there's an explanation for all the stuff you have to say. Yeah, you can always have a counter-argument. I'm fine with that. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't doesn't make me upset. You know, I'm just giving you a, an idea on how this can also be something that can be looked at seriously in that manner, as in the historical context. Uh, you got plenty of examples of the possibility of alien sightings in the Bible. I mean, Ezekiel is literally talking about a, a fiery wheel, uh, and and there's a number of cases where people just get brought up to heaven. You don't know if it's some spaceship maybe taking them. They don't die. You know, people that come back. Uh, I know in the book of Enoch it talks about literally talking to these uh supreme beings. I mean if you think about it you, somebody from six, ten thousand, fifteen years ago you know, they meet somebody alien they're automatically gonna think that's a god <laughs> you know and and in any spaceship some fiery chariot, it's not that unusual to think that way. Uh, we've seen uh in the mayan uh Ruins. We've seen things that look like literally people in spacesuits. I've seen an example of something that looks like a space shuttle. This is from a couple thousand years ago, folks. So uh, we've seen a lot already on on Earth to possibly indicate that there could be some real connection here, that we might have seen things. Uh, The Sumerian uh, tablets, uh, most which were um, transcribed uh, by... uh, Zachariah Stitchin, who happens to be a, a scientist, a archaeologist, a linguist, uh, talks about an entire story of of us uh, intermingling with uh, with gods from another universe, and how it's the possibility that you know they might have uh, uh, taught us things or, or brought things to our attention that we would have known before, possibly even how to defend ourselves and how to do a number of things. Many people believe that you know the pyramids you know, had some connection to that in terms of what they were for and maybe even some of the help on how to construct them. We already know from historical investigation that it was possible for humans to build pyramids without any sort of extraterrestrial help. So whether there's guidance or not, you can take that, you know, as something serious or with a grain of salt. But Whenever I see enough information and evidence to suggest that we could do something, I, I, I'm going to discount any kind of alien influence. That's just me because, you know, I still want to stay logical and scientific. It doesn't mean that you, you, you throw everything in the alien bag and we're all jumping up and down all the time. It's uh, That's not really helpful. It's why sometimes it causes some real skepticism on the entire subject where people just think you're crazy because... You know, you're, you're throwing everything in there. I don't want to do that. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's wise. And I really don't think it's scientific. So, don't want to do that, okay? And, you know, and everyone who's listened to the show for years will know that I'm not somebody like likes to jump on the, the racist bandwagon. I just think that people have gone overboard with that. But I have to say this, when you have archaeologists, especially ones that believe in aliens, and they keep pointing to all the nine white cultures of having alien assistance: the Egyptians, the Mayans, the Toltecs, but the Romans. Now they built, you know, the Colosseum and everything, but no alien help. They just did it because they figured out how to make cement, and they were pretty good with math, and you know, they learned some stuff from the Greeks, and blah blah blah. So you know, on the face of that, it, it looks crappy because it looks like you know, if you're white and you're civilization, you've done something incredible that was on you. Everybody else is brown and otherwise, it had to be the aliens that helped them. So, if somebody wants to interject in that, a a, a sort of a racial prejudice, I I don't have a problem believing that because it looks horrible. You know, either you're taking all of that stuff seriously about what they can do or not. And we've learned more and more now through uh, historical investigation and discoveries and digs and archaeology findings and everything that... These were incredible feats, sure, but they were able to do this on their own, including the Mayans and, and the Aztecs. One of the problems we have when we look at ourselves as technologically advanced society and civilization is we look, that we look down all those people from a couple thousand years ago as a bunch of cave dwellers. That's ridiculous, though. The, the ancient Greeks were doing incredible uh, advanced math. The the Mayans understood the calendar and, and the universe. They had it they had astronomy going on there and, and towers to look at the sky. Yeah, they had uh, an interesting religious beliefs, some of them having to do with human sacrifice. Not that I uh, you know think this is a great thing, but you know, this is still a society that in many ways had a lot of advancements to it. This is why they were able to build and do so many different things. So some of the surprise we have from a lot of these civilizations has more to do with our prejudice and maybe even our pride than to do with anything to do with aliens. We accept what they're doing. I mean, we found an ancient computing device in the ocean from the Greeks. So it's obvious, incredibly obvious, that they had advanced math skills and they did a lot of things. And, you know... Not for nothing here, but these are societies that were able to mobilize massive people, offered slave labor to get these projects done, because that's what you would need. You know, they said on any given day, you need 15 to 20,000 laborers just to be able to get that pyramid going. And that still took, like, sometimes 10 years. Maybe it's harder to do these sort of things now with that kind of situation, but then... That's what they did. That's what kept them occupied. That's what centered their society, and you know, etc. etc. I'm not obviously condoning slavery, but that's what a lot has to be done. That's how a lot of that was done. So, in many instances, using any kind of alien is kind of silly. Now, in the same breath, as much as I don't believe that aliens had anything to do with the building of the Mayan temples. It's pretty obvious from some of the stuff that they built in terms of pictures and uh, statues and everything that it, it could be you could actually say they might have had some visitations, maybe aliens that visited the planet and they noticed these things from, from space possibly. They're looking and saying, look what they're building. let's go check these people out. So it's it's not that unusual. If you were thinking about it, that's what you're going to want to do anyway. I mean, you, you don't come, uh, you know, five trillion miles on a spaceship eating eating energy bars so you can look at giraffes. I, I mean, you probably want to see what the, the thinking creatures are actually doing. So you're going you're gonna to check out the pyramids and the, the Mayan temples and all of that. It's not really that unusual. And yeah, if you think about it, you know, just in the, the logical sense of aliens making a visit. Did they have some influence over the thinking of those people and and all of that? Yeah, yeah, there might be some of that. I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't discount it at all. But what we don't want to do and what's often done in these type of uh, scenarios when people discuss these topics is they almost put down humanity in order to elevate the aliens. And it's not a good idea. We're pretty smart creatures ourselves. If anything, uh, the, one of the major justifications of being visited is because they understand our intelligence. They understand what our potential could be. And, you know, they probably realize one day we're going to be out there in space. And, you know, better than know who we are now because if we don't change the, you know, the the warring evil ways that we are as as humans, I mean, we're going to be just as dangerous out there as we are on the planet. And they probably realize that already. <laughs> All right. Um Let's go on to the uh, next topic on this here, and it's, it's the one that you hear about the most on TV shows and magazines and all of that, and that's the, the possibility of present-day contact, okay? Now, we know, and, and, and many people have discounted this, but still, the reports all over the place. Ah, uh, the Russians reported it the Germans reported it and the Americans reported it in World War 2 they called them Foo fighters that's all they that's what they knew the, the name but they're like balls of light that were flying all over the place almost like they were being observed as they were in battle those might very well be the first you know alien uh, contact that we've had with uh, in terms of visualization where the pilots are like what the hell is this thing so many have reported them that it's just too difficult to believe that Three different air forces in three different countries, you know, three different types of cultures all report the same thing. And they don't understand it. But it, it's something, I, I think, uh, not only mystifying, but quite interesting that as we began the modern era in World War II, these things might have been there, checking us out, seeing what we were doing, what we were capable of, what we were flying. Sure, it might be ancient compared to what they were flying, but still. It's it's hard not to mention something like that. It's simply in too many reports. And then we move on from there to the end of uh, World War II where we're at that point of having the only uh, nuclear weapons on the planet and using them twice. And we wind up creating a, a, a nuclear air force squadron which just happens to be in Roswell, New Mexico. And guess what? We wind up having the first real reporting of UFO crashing at Roswell. If you don't believe any of this, that's fine. You can move on from the show. But if you do take any of this seriously, you can't ignore the facts and the logic that that would be the place that you want to check out. Because you know there's nuclear radiation there, there's nuclear weapons there, there's an entire squadron there. What we don't know, and it's never been reported yet, is also it's near White Sands uh, Missile Range. We don't know if this craft got hit by lightning, crashed because it had some mechanical problems, maybe possibly they thought it was an intruder from another country, and maybe one of our missiles knocked it down always a possibility. But it crashes, and what is the first thing that happens? We send the Air Force out there with the intelligence, and they're reporting that we have a a UFO crash, just to literally change the story the next day to make it into a weather balloon. So it's quite unusual how they did that so quickly. Apparently, uh, the Army and the Air Force went out there, scrubbed everything, took everything away. If you believe this, That might have been our first real encounter with something. There might even be aliens that they took out of there. Who knows what they've learned and studied from that over the years. But at that point there, Russia was uh, visited many a times when they created their um, first nuclear weapon, which happened in 1949, only four years afterwards, with the help of unfortunate uh, spies from America, um, that helped them to create that bomb to make some kind of nuclear parity. I love how spies do things evil and they they have some kind of wonderful justification for it. Yeah, thanks. But they started getting visited. It can't be a coincidence as well because now they have nuclear power, nuclear energy, nuclear weapons to use. And then you have a number of the Air Force bases around the world being visited. Later on, as we start using nuclear power in a peaceful way for nuclear you know, reactors and energy, those things also sort of getting visited too. So there's no doubt that there's a real fascination between nuclear power and of course, um, UFOs. They sense that you know that's the next leap you know technologically wise for us in order for us to be able to eventually go into space to have that knowledge of that. And that's exactly what happened. We went into space. We don't know what astronauts saw. There's always rumors that they saw something up there in space. We don't know. They haven't really talked about that in any kind of at length at all. But it wouldn't surprise me. Just like it wouldn't surprise me that there's a possibility that, you know, there could be alien life out there. Mathematically, it makes sense that there's so many of these galaxies, there's so many billions of these planets. I mean, just mathematically, it has to make sense that, you know, there's some other civilizations out there. How they find us, well, you know, we've been beaming radio signals out there for, you know, a hundred years. They travels, you know, they might pick up stuff, they understand maybe where we're at. I don't know if there's spaceships, I don't care how advanced you are as a society, uh, that can literally go, you know, billions and billions of miles to get to some place like our uh, galaxy. But there is a real belief that, you know, if you use and understand the wormholes that are out there, And you have that mapped, you'll be able to use those to make shortcuts to get to galaxies so you wouldn't have to travel as much or as far. Those are always real possibilities in how travel is happening. One of the big issues with the whole alien possible contact is the fact that there's been so many different experiences, especially on the animal and human level, that it allows people to discount this. I don't get this. I mean, people are like, I don't, how do they... How a three-foot alien sodomize a sick food farmer in the Midwest? How is that possible? Why are they slaughtering cattle? makes no damn sense. Why is there reports of aliens that look like reptiles, but they actually have a human skin suit mask over them or something? How is it that, you know... There's been uh, reports of uh, women being raped, of being people being abducted and left on the ship for weeks upon months or something. Is there just one race out there, or is there multiple races visiting us with different ideas and different agendas and different technologies and different ships and, and all of that? There's no way to know. And if that's possible, why are they not interested in each other? Remember, we're not the only people out there that's alien. If there's five of us, let's say there's ten different races visiting us, why are they not interested in each other? Why haven't they fired upon each other? Why are they not they at war with each other? I don't want to sound earth warlike here, but you know, I'm convinced that the badness that's in humanity is the badness in anything that's out there at life, because the choices you can make, good and bad, you don't need to have original sin you don't need to have evil spirits i'm not suggesting that you don't need to have a god in the universe but i'm suggesting that you don't really need any supernatural influence to do bad things and to make stupid decisions and to want to take things over and to control things so i don't i just don't believe that you know evil is just left for earth and everybody else out there just you know wonderful technologically brilliant logical creatures going and going, what are those people doing down there? Don't they know they could just explore the world and eat broccoli? You know, no. They have to be under the same, I I guess, weaknesses and vices that we deal with as well. And I'd be not surprised if we ever visited a a planet one day or or was brought to a planet one day and we see that it had a history of wars, a history of environmental problems. It had possibly a, a religious figure that died to try to show people the right way to live i know it sounds unusual but you know that's religion that has that paradox you know we don't know a christ figure could be on another alien world you know for all we know right now you know there's an alien uh, literally pinned to a cross someplace on another planet 10 trillion miles away i'm not trying to sound blasphemous because that's not the kind of person i am but we don't know what kind of influences is out there. They got to have some kind of a belief system. I seriously doubt, regardless of what science fiction say, that we're going to meet aliens and they just don't believe in any kind of spirituality. I doubt it. I we're probably more silly on the atheist side than anything else out there. So, <laughs> I think we're going to actually meet people that have a belief system, or two or three. It wouldn't be very surprising. But if you think about it. And you think hard about it, not all of this could be happening. So we have to look at certain things and if not discount certain things to say, listen, there's not really enough evidence to show. I mean, I'll give you an example, like the whole possibility there's some reptilian people walking around with skin suits that make them look like humans. I mean, I'm not calling anybody a name, and I'm not going to just laugh at the idea, but what I am going to say is I just don't see a preponderance of any evidence towards any of that. So that, I'm just not going to weigh very heavily. I'm not. Uh, alien, uh, uh, you know, slaughtering cows? It don't make a lot of sense to me. So, don't really, don't really get that, and I don't know if someone's out there, you know, on meth, killing things, to get some insurance money, for all I know. It had to be the aliens. Get my money now. So, hard to take a lot of that stuff seriously as well, you know? Really. I mean, aliens uh, uh, raping people or molesting men or something? I don't know. I mean, I got to think that in the rural community, homosexuality is probably not exactly the the big topic, you know, next to, you know, wheat earnings and and corn. So, um, maybe it's just a good way to disguise, you know, what happened to you. You know, you and Jake got together, but you know, in the end, it's you know, the guy from Planet Xeon that did it. Everything, so that's another uh, easy explanation to that. So, if you go through a lot of these things, a lot of these things have unusual agendas, weird tangents. Don't seem to me very alien-inflicted. I just don't think there's another a lot of evidence for all of that. There really isn't. There seems to be more evidence of, about alien abductions. Um, it's not unusual that uh, many of these people uh, went to get psychological counseling and hypnosis, and they found that these experiences these people had, they believed were real. And in the end, if you believe something's real, that's what you're going to recount back. Does it make it real outside of you believing it's real? No, it doesn't. But when you got somebody... Doing these hypnosis is studying what you're saying, documenting everything, and they're also saying, Hey, I can't detect any detection, so how do all these people believe this? Some that they're all liars, they're all crazy people, all convinced themselves. It, that, of course, seems a little bit to the, to the stretch. So, you know, the possibility of people being abducted and you know, experimented on, or observed, or studied, or whatever, yeah, that's a real possibility. Not happy about that. Alien guy wants to come down to earth. That's one of the first things I'm going to say to him. Why should my species trust yours when you grab us against our will and do things to us? That's kidnapping. It's unacceptable on earth. Why is it supposed to be acceptable where you're at? You think just because you're, you're a little alien dude in a nice spaceship that this is an okay thing? You want to know something about this? How about a hell you land down over here and talk to us? That's a good way of doing things without robbing people hurting their minds, hurting their bodies. So we would have to wonder about what the intentions are in something like that. They can't be that innocent. I don't think anybody out there, uh, any any civilization out there, doesn't have the concept of liberty, doesn't understand what imprisonment is, doesn't understand what freedom is. They, they have to understand that. So, they have to know what they're doing is wrong. I don't care how they justify it. So, We would have to wonder about what they were about. And quite frankly, they would have to wonder about what we're about. Because if they understood any of our history, any of our broadcast, any of our writing, they'll understand that we're extremely violent people. We barely can get along with the brown guy down the block, but somehow we're supposed to be magical friends with the green dude from 50 billion miles away. Don't make a lot of sense you know the first thing we will do is pull a gun on it. Maybe even shoot it. We might have done that already with Roswell. We might have shot that damn thing down. I don't know. Maybe they abduct us because, you know, we took their aliens. And if they were alive, you, you know we were studying them and doing that stuff too. <laughs> and prisoning them as well. So I'm not suggesting it's a one-way situation. But what I am suggesting is, is that none of this is a- appropriate at all. And we have to wonder, as we go on into the next section of this show, is you know what does contact mean? It's it's really uh, I feel uh, a central question of all this. What would it mean? What is it supposed to benefit us? Will people fall away from religion because now aliens are, are present? Are we going to be asking them for all kinds of technological advances to help us? I mean. If I'm, in the, if I'm in the crowd of people wanting to talk to the alien, are, I'm going to wonder. You got some cure for friggin' cancer out there? Any idea to help us to live a little longer? Maybe ways we can improve our society so we could be more decent towards somebody, towards each other, etc., etc.? What is contact going to mean for us? Is it going to be something positive? And what. If you think about it, what the heck does the aliens get from us? I mean, what what are they going to learn from us? Hell, if I was them, I'd come down with some damn like oxygen mask on because who knows how many germs that could come on onto them from this planet? They might have no immunity to. We always make it in science fiction it's just going to land and everything's cool and you know they're breathing and talking and this and that and whatever. <laughs> if I was them, I'd be want to protect ourselves from germs. I'd be want to protect ourselves from humans. How the hell are they even going to learn to speak our language? It matter how many broadcasts we have. Is it even possible? And why would they want to make contact? What would be the tipping point to do that? What would be the point? We could visualize them with, with a camera and, and in the air and have the best footage and, and show clearly that they're out there. And doesn't mean they have to come visit us or even care. There will always be a segment of the, of the population on Earth that won't believe in it anyway. So what would contact mean? I mean, that's the question I think that's the most important of all. People want to say, well, scientific curiosity. That sounds all wonderful, but it sounds wonderful when, you know, you're grabbing a beetle and, and throwing it into a cup so you can check it out. You know? When you're, you're grabbing some stuff from a... A forest that hasn't been where a a lot of people is out and and, and trying to understand how it operates and if if there's anything there that could be used to help cure people, what there could be that could be deadly, that could harm people. That's scientific curiosity. For them to come down here for scientific curiosity, that means that we're (laughs) the object of uh, investigation, not the other way around. And that would not be actually very pleasant or very positive. What the hell would that do for us? If they're advanced, I don't even know why they even want to care about us. I I say just wait for us to finally be a spacefaring people with some kind of uh, you know nugget in our heads about trying to be decent. But if you read any of my writings, or heard any of my shows, or even any of my jokes, I just don't think we're going to be that kind of people. I honestly think that. We're not going to conquer our vices. We're not going to conquer our fears, or our phobias, our prejudices, or bigotries. We're just not. We're going to bring them into space. All right, you'll have dudes on on Jupiter smoking crack. All right, people making uh, racial jokes on Pluto. Guys wondering about what it is to have sex with a with an alien girl. I mean. So for all the scientific curiosity, we're going to still be who we are. So in many ways, our technology races ahead of what we're able to be as creatures. We still haven't really, if you want to use the word evolved, that's fine. You can say, uh, you know, have we culturally progressed? You know, Have we uh, reached a, a certain amount of uh, you know, evolutionary, if not biological maturity, or, or at least uh, uh, emotional intelligence? To be better than we've been here before, and I don't think so. I think that we land on the moon, we make a base there, and the next thing you know, we're trashing it and putting garbage out everywhere. You know, people walking on the moon, and you know, there's a there's a Big Mac container and you're next to the crater. You know, I'm serious. And going on to Mars, you know, the same the same kind of nonsense. So, I'm not really encouraged, and I don't really know. What alien contact would be so positive for us, really? I don't know why you think that's going to somehow force us to be better people. If anything anything else is going to make us more fearful, more worried, maybe even more violent. Especially if you have an alien species that's like, uh, yeah, we're not going to share anything with you scientifically. No, we're not going to give you any technology. We'll just tell you about our planet and blah, 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 and then, you know, Go have, have a good day. See, it doesn't make a lot of sense. If they studied us have any, of any sort, they would understand that we're not really ready to be visited <laughs> at all. And we're really not. That's sad, but it's unfortunately true. But it's it's a wonderful, wonderful thought or even the dream that it could happen one day and that maybe something possibly positive can come out of it. I just don't know what that can be. I don't want to sound dark and negative like some science fiction that it's just going to be some big nasty war, but you know, that's more likely than somehow we all sit together. We don't even get to, le- to get along as nations on this planet. <laughs> and somehow we're going to just suddenly, you know, gel with the alien dude who's got a spaceship beyond anything we can dream of, who's been to all kinds of places and probably has a interesting, fantastic world. We're going to have the same nagging doubts that I'm sharing with you now. Why are they really here? Is there something here that they want from us? If there is, why would we give it? And what can we do to stop them from simply taking it? We've had uh, science fiction shows where there, you know, we were food, and they, they would pretty much drain our ocean because they needed the water. You know, others had us, you know, they needed laborers for, for their planet, so they needed pretty much slaves. So they always had us being something else, other than equals, but... You know, and I'm not trying to discount humanity, because remember, I'm I'm one over here trying to uh, promote it and believe in it as much as I know that it has lots of problems, just as much as lots of potential. But how the hell can they treat us equal when we're not equal to them? It's a real problem for us in terms of how we would react to them and what would ultimately happen. We're not equal. where uh, 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 many of the Western democracies believe in equality, but how the hell do you believe in equality with something that's, you know, probably 10,000 years ahead of you? And would they understand that? That that put them in mortal danger. So it's just difficult to understand why they would want to come here and what they can really offer us that would make any real difference. Because at the heart of humanity's problems... It's all about us getting along with each other. Or maybe even us trying to learn to accept or love ourselves. If we can't do any of that, whatever they decide to give us, it's only either going to be used against somebody else we know or against them. Because there's not going to be too many people using it for the good. What the hell is the point of helping a society that's violent and bigoted live another hundred years what so we can have another hundred years of hating and killing each other how wonderful so unfortunately we have to consider that 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 terrible uh, idea i like to think of more positive things that can be possible but when you run the math and you run our history and you run who we are i mean it's it's a little foolish to be that idealistic i would sorry to say, but it's just simply more realistic to be to be darker about this. I wish I wouldn't have to, because you know I'm, I'm like anybody else out there. I'd love to think that we can we can get along with another species. I'd love to think that they can offer us ways to help ourselves, and maybe we can visit their planet. Yeah, you, know, you know, as astronauts or diplomats or. Or, or simply uh, advisors or, or maybe just students to learn that maybe there's things that we can bring back that, that can improve ourselves that would be wonderful. You'd have to have somebody that really will be Godlike in terms of forgiveness and understanding and patience and all of that. I mean, they would have to practically be on that level to be able to deal with us. That's a lot to ask for from aliens or, or from religion or from just about everything that we've we've thought about on this planet. It's not an easy thing. But the idea that there's something else out there—it's not going to go away. The math is on its side. Our arts are on its side. The culture is on its side. Our very imaginations are on its side. That something else is going on out there, and we're going to have a contact here eventually. At that, I don't really doubt. All the rest of it, well. It's up in the air, no doubt, unfortunately. But I'm certainly wishing, wishing the best as much as I can. All right, folks, I hope that helped you just a little bit more on trying to understand some of those issues about extraterrestrial life and life outside of Earth and all of that. It's really a lot to think about, and um, no doubt uh, there are other people with other ideas beyond mine, so I'm not claiming that I'm the only one with all of these ideas. These just happen to be mine. All right, folks, that's Mind Speak, Life After Earth, episode 235. This is Mark Antony Rossi, your host. God bless and good night. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.